Hi, everyone, and welcome to Minute 51 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Mark Hoffmeyer of the Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, and Movies, Films, and Flicks. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hey, I just want this entire run. I just want my nickname to be a slab of meat with mittens, Okay. So as we talk, I'm the slab of meat with mittens. All right. This. You good? are, I like calling you, what, what did we call you in last season? Uh, what was it? Guard, <laughs> guard Mark? <laughs> when I was the extra? Yeah. Yeah, Guard Mark. That one was, was it, no, it wasn't Guard. It was something else. It was, it was, I don't know. It was something, something Guard. I, I was I think, a Guard. You I were a Guard. That. You definitely were a Guard. I can't remember what it was. It was something, maybe it was, was Nazi Mark? No, it wasn't Nazi Mark. It was, it was, it was something. Uh, henchman Mark? Hench, henchman? Thug Mark? No, henchman no, Mark? no. Can't remember. Oh, well, we're going to, we're going to have to check before tomorrow to find out what, what we called you. Goon Mark. There we go. We called you Goon oh, Mark. Goon Mark. You know, it's, uh, that's, that's amazing. You know, in shows, I keep making up Nick, uh, I did Silverado Minute with Jay Cluett. He's my co-host on Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. You, you all know him here. I became Mark the Adult and, you know, Billy the Kid. Oh, my Western name would Mark be Mark the, the Adult. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I i look forward to hearing those those episodes even though they've probably already come out before before this one will come out because you, you guys are like in the the 30s or something like that aren't you like episode 30 or something like that yeah minute. 20s maybe right no because we're, we're going completely parallel I, once so. once i'm gone a day away from it i forget so Right. Right. Well, well, it, it doesn't really make a difference, but but we're going completely yeah, parallel. So like today's episode fifty one. So Silverado Mint is on episode fifty one, but we're going to finish a long time before them because we only have ninety three episodes, and they have a little bit more than that. <laughs> How have you enjoyed doing this one as as compared to The Great Escape? Because it's so you... different. It's so different. It's a lot yeah. of fun. It's I like the fact that I'm jumping back and forth between the types of movies. You know that is, I'm not just going on a straight path with the same type of movies each time so like i had a lot of fun with the great escape and i'm having a lot of fun here also and it's hard to say which one i'm having more fun with because they're, they're just so different you know because it's also yeah, more of a modern movie i'm able to to go more into detail about things that are popping up on the screen um, you know in front of us you know the great escape we're somewhat limited in looking at things on the screen because like you don't get a whole bunch of you don't get like q-tips you know <laughs> <laughs> Which is something we we spent you know a few weeks ago. Me and one of my guests spent you know about ten minutes talking about Q-tips. You know, it was just like fun things to to talk about that you know in a prison camp you're not gonna be able to talk about. So yeah, I mean, I'm 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 looking forward to making a decision what I'm gonna do for season three. We'll we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I but I but I do like the jumping around. So I I think I might go you know serious comedy, serious comedy. I think I might try and do that. Even though some people could look at the Great Escape as a comedy. Movie. You know, <laughs> they both have dra- dramatic elements to them, but they also have comedic elements. Right. You should do like Requiem for a Dream and just become horribly depressed. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I've I've seen that movie I think one and a half times, and I hated it. So it's not going to be on my list. There. Let's put it this way: I have, I have thousands of movies that I will do before I do that movie. And <laughs> I don't if I think... gave you a free meal. No, not going to help. Sorry. It's gonna, it's gonna have to, you're gonna have to up the end. <laughs> what would be the most depressing movie to cover minute by minute? I think it would probably be Requiem for a Dream, or maybe like The Postman with Kevin Costner because it's just ridiculously long. It's ridiculously long, but I, I actually find it fun. I think it's a good movie. That's yeah, true. 
It's not. It's not That's boring. Insane. You know, there there are movies that, that are was just the really first boring. long movie. Right, long, long movies are fine. I mean, come on, The Great Escape was long. Yeah. This the movie. Yeah. You know, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. The original cut was longer than The Great Escape. It was an hour longer than The Great Escape. The original cut of this movie. <laughs> yeah. I love how many people gave John Hughes. Uh, during the press conference, I loved how they were like, this is your first time being serious with adults. How do you feel? He's like, well, I just wanted to direct a movie and I figured if I put it in one room, I could do breakfast club. So then it kind of stuck. And he's like, I don't know. I like his stories. <laughs> and he, he, he seemed annoyed. The press conference was like, like Steve Martin, you're always funny. When are you going to try to be serious? And you're like, geez, Louise press conferences back then were a lot different. Yes. Completely. Like completely. Hey, I don't know the question, and then they're worried about the f bombs being dropped in it, and it was a weird press conference. It was, it was a strange extra, but Steve Martin and Candy were hilarious. Yeah, that's very true. Well, they're always yeah. they're always hilarious, and they're hilarious in the movie, and that's that's why the the movie works. The movie works so well. I mean, I've had discussions with some of my other guests about you know if we could if we could recast or anything like that, and you can't recast this movie. There's no one who can do better. I mean, you you might even know who the original people they wanted to play these characters. They wanted Tom Hanks to play Neil, you know, Steve Martin's character, and they wanted John Goodman to play Dell. And then when they, they couldn't get John Goodman, they wanted John Travolta, or maybe it was vice versa. Maybe they wanted John Travolta first. But, you know, I, I don't see that. I don't know. Tom Hanks couldn't do the Steve Martin. Steve Martin can be abrasive, but you still like him. Right. He can be annoyed with people, and you still enjoy him. I think Hanks, nah. Uh-uh. No, I don't uh, think so either. Perfect. This was perfect casting. Yeah, completely. He's a big teddy bear of a man. Yeah. And Steve Martin. You don't know what my comfort food show of 2021 was? It was Only Murders in the Building. I still haven't seen that. that I still haven't gotten around to do that. Was, oh, it's just like a big hug. It's just Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, and it's wildly pleasant. And all the, I'm not trying to be reductive. It is just the most pleasant experience. And you know what? Going through Steve Martin's filmography, it made me realize how much I quote his movies almost on a daily basis. Oh, wow. I think he might be he might be the actor with the movies that I probably quote the most. I never really thought about that. Wow. All right. Well, you know what? Let's, 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 wait, let's wait until I'm we like, do the it? top five at the end of oh. this episode, and then we can get into okay. like, what your okay. quotes are of what you like to, uh, you know, what, what you like to say about Steve Martin or what you like to quote Steve Martin saying. Yeah. Like right. Let's do it. All right. So first of all... <laughs> Episode 51 begins with Neil exiting the airport and ends with Dell looking at the dispatcher sternly. So as everyone who was with us on Friday heard, you know, the, that episode ended with Steve Martin basically getting put down by Amy McClure. So the episode on Friday, he got put down by her and, you know, that's our tagline. You're fine. So... It really worked. And he just storms out of there with this look of despair on his face. And the minute tracks into this minute and he walks out of the airport and he still looks completely defeated. You know, it's just amazing that they can get an actress like Edie McClure to play a character that can just dress down Steve Martin as quickly as possible. You know, he's mm-hmm. he goes on his dry, diatribe. You know, he gives us 18 in one minute, which is obviously split up between two different minutes, but her one response just kills it and completely puts him to shame for everything that he did right beforehand. I think maybe because you don't expect it. She 
because she goes from super earnest, right? You kind of think she's going to be this pushover. And then she just gets stone cold. Yeah. In the, the blink of an eye. And it's beautiful. She shakes him. Yeah, completely. And then the score kicks in. The gnarly score in the beginning of this scene. Jeez Louise. Yeah. I mean, this is the same score that we've had a number of times throughout the movie. I mean, they they, they throw throw this in. I mean, it, it feels like a, a techno 80s score. The way it that they, they do it, you know, it's like the, the someone that, that you know, they, they were running out of money when they were making the movie. So, you know, it, it sounds like John Hughes just said, OK, bring over your synthesizer and and let's put a little bit of of 80s techno music into here. You know, we're, we're the Pet Shop Boys when you need out of it. <laughs> we have three, three, we, we can hire him for three hours. Exactly. <laughs> See what they can do for us. Wait, it it's fun. Yeah, it's fun, but it's it does take like, very rarely does the score take me out of a scene. But I remember taking notes during this, and I was like, "Wow, this is." I just stopped watching the action and just started listening to the score. Right. I don't really do that much, but I still enjoyed it. And and, and the score repeats itself numerous times throughout the movie. These these things, and it's just great. It's it's like a, an upbeat type of of theme, but. You know, you see, it's it's sort of like it's trying to cheer Neil up. You know, it's trying to say, okay, <laughs> things are going to get better. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. Come on, guy. Yeah. You can do this. Things aren't that bad. Right. <laughs> I looked up the cab fare from St. Louis to Chicago. Do you want to know the estimate they gave me? Sure. $785. Which he didn't have on him. <laughs> yeah. And, let's and say, so I guess let, if we look back to the 80s, you know, what, we cut that in half at least. So, but he already had his money stolen. But that's only a four and a half hour drive. Yeah. it's it, No, it, uh, what I checked was is it's a 310 mile trip between Chicago, uh, St. Louis to Chicago. And the best route, the fastest route can get you there in four hours and 46 minutes. You know, oh, they, you they give you a few. I got 430. Really? Okay. Maybe I looked at it during a different time of the day than you did. Could be. I don't know because sometimes maybe the maybe the, the time zone difference patterns. maybe the time zone difference tells us different things. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, gotta, wow, seven hundred dollars. That's not a I, terrible trip. They drove a long. Oh wait, yeah, seven hundred bucks is a lot of. Money. I'd do it. Yeah, especially considering it's only a five-hour. You know, it's only it's only five hours, and it takes them a lot longer than five hours to get there. A lot longer. Yeah, completely. Plot hole. <laughs> Um, well, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll explain why. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll get some explanations yeah. as to why. Not not complete explanations, but somewhat explanations. Because, like, I was trying to figure out the time. But you know what? We'll get to that later in the week. We'll talk about the time of what time <laughs> is, is supposed to be. Because right now, we're still in the airport, right? So, you know, first of all, the, with with this music that we were talking about, so they throw in the, the quote from Neil, which, which we heard last week when he was walking across the tarmac. You know, it was like in, in injected into the the score itself, where you hear Neil say, "You're messing with the wrong guy." You know, and every time I heard that, up until I I did research for the you know doing the breakdowns, I always thought that he was actually saying it, as opposed to it being part of the actual music that that's going along. And I'm like, who's he talking to? <laughs> but apparently, he's not talking to anybody. <laughs> Just in the score. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So. So he he walks out of of the airport and we hear someone yell from the taxi stand, "Hey, eighty six, wake up! You're gonna block the line." And then the actor, played by uh, John Randolph Jones, according to IMDb, it doesn't tell us when he was born, but he passed away on uh, January thirteenth, uh, twenty fifteen. 
He has 19 movie acting credits and 15 TV credits, including four Law & Order roles, where in each episode he plays someone else. So I always, I always find that fun about Law & Order. You have people that are just in so many different episodes. One time they're a judge, one time they're a criminal, one time they're a mob boss, whatever. You know, each each episode they, they give them something else, but it's the same exact actor. You know, they have like their pool of actors. I feel like, is he Swedish? Because he appears in uh, Dancer in the Dark. He appears in Dogville. He's in a decent amount of Lars von Trier films. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe he got him once and said, I love him. Or maybe he, he saw him in Plain Strangers and Omnibus and said, wow, that's a guy I want. I want a guy who's <laughs> able to put his mitten on really, really, really well. His gloves on very well. But we'll, 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 we won't jump ahead with that one. <laughs> in the two Lars von Trier films. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I do love the knockout punch. And Wait, we're, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Fights Mark, like. you're, you're jumping out. Oh, you're jumping oh, oh, jumping oh, ahead. Oh. Jumping ahead. This isn't Deep I'm Blue not Sea. I'm ABC guy. I'm sorry. This isn't I'll Deep Blue Sea where we talk about the, the entire us. chapter all at once. So, you know, we, we go in order here. You know, because we're, we're hoping that there, there got are it, people. Got it. We're hoping there are people listening to the show that haven't seen the movie yet. And therefore, we're going to give them a blow by blow as to how things are going. But But keep that thought. You're good. You're good, Mark. All right. So then he he turns around and says to, to Neil, yeah, where are you going? He goes, Chicago. He goes, Chicago? Chicago. You know, you're in St. Louis. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Why don't you try the airlines? It's a lot faster and you get a free meal. <laughs> so first of all, <laughs> the question that he asks and the way that he asks it, the, the facial expression by both of them is, is just priceless. You know, it's just great watching the two of them mm-hmm. have this conversation because, like, you know, you're standing outside of, of, of a an airport and you're you're trying to get a taxi to another city. You know, so it is a typical response. And they're both somewhat in shock by the other person. Neil is just fed up and wants to get out of there. He's willing to pay whatever it is to get out of there, the 700 bucks or 400, whatever, whatever 1987 currency rate is for, for that. But. You know, it's just great the way that they, they do that. And you see how cold it is in St. Louis. You know, they, he's freezing. Now, I mean, I, I did a little bit of research, and in real life, on November 25th, 1987, when this movie takes place, it was pretty sunny. There was no snow in any of the places. You know, they, they had wishful thinking. But, you know, not, not yeah. when we were in Kansas and not when we were in St. Louis and definitely not in Chicago. You know, his, his plane would have gotten there on time. There was, there's no question about that one. So, but that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, they couldn't thinking have known about that too. It was pretty cold, pretty cold for November. But I guess it does snow around those times. Yeah, there, there are places the north. Yeah, there are places that that does happen. But not. I grew up in not well, I, <laughs> Oh man, good job, John Hughes. Yeah, but but he did get some of the other. He, he does have some other prophetic. Uh, choices that worked you know the whole when when the two of them are talking about the hell of a bears game it really was a hell of a bears game it was it was a a nail biter (laughs) just a few days earlier so that that one worked out oh that's awesome yeah (laughs) and i I mean i like the way that this 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 actor you know the he who's known as the cab dispatcher you know he he basically he's trying to add a little bit of humor to the whole thing he doesn't really he's not trying to be mean when he says this to Neil, Neil's just in a crappy mood and he just takes it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, try the airlines. So he, he's sincere about it. You know, he's trying to be funny. 
but not not in a, a mean way type of thing. But Neil Neil isn't able to to do that. And Jenny goes, if I wanted a joke, I'd follow you into the john and watch you take a leak. Now, are you going to help me or are you going to stand there like a slab of meat with mittens? <laughs> Which, it's funny that he says slab of meat with mittens since the guy's wearing gloves, not mittens, but whatever. <laughs> I guess it's it sounds better. Yeah, right? for like, sure. It's like a slab of meat with gloves yeah. or a slab of meat with mittens. Nice, like almost alliteration yeah, yeah, yeah. right there. Slab of meat with mittens. Yeah. And and I love the way that they show their faces as this is going on. I mean, like Neil, there's a close-up of Neil's face where where he's just showing he's completely ready to to just burst burst into flames. He's so angry with everything that's going on. <laughs> and oh, man. and he gets oh I'll let you no go ahead go ahead you can go ahead that's fine. Uh, and then he gets smashed. He earns yes. it though. Now I think the guy was joking. I do think he was be kind of earnest. He was kind of kind of being a little sarcastic, but I would say he was mostly leaning towards being jovial. Right. But I think he's the type of guy where you just don't push his buttons because he doesn't say anything. He just hits right. him. And this is a professional who runs a cab this right. dispatch. Like he, that's a pretty busy job. So this guy, this guy seems to have been a professional for years, but he seems like a really tough St. Louis guy who enjoys his uh, Bud Bud Budweiser beer. He likes his Cardinals. He, uh, uh, you know, goes to the pub every weekend. He causes trouble for people. But if you mess with him, he punches you. And he straight up sucked. Yeah, completely. <laughs> That's a good one-punch KO. And and actually. I love I love, I love love the reaction from Steve Martin. No, it's unwarranted. Steve, Steve Martin's but, eyes, yeah, like, you, flutter. What's up? Steve Martin's eyes, like, flutter as as this is happening. So it's great. <laughs> and the, the music also, like, punctuates it. I mean, oh, like, yeah. I discussed this a few weeks ago with someone that, that there are a lot of the music in this movie makes it feel as if we're watching a cartoon at certain points. And this is the perfect moment where you hear that. Oh. You know, because of the way, you know, after he gets punched, the, the music gives us a little bit of a a comedic, cartoonish way that it sounds about it. So I, I think that's great. I mean, it's a violent action, but it's not totally played right. violently. It's more comical yeah, to punch. Sure. Like, it's not a... Not a John Wick. Right. It's punch a punch where or a requiem for right. It's punch. a punch where you can you can theoretically see the character spin around and maybe you know as a, go back going back to the cartoon aspect you know maybe you see exactly uh, Mark just motioned with his hands you know you see like the little birdies above his head you know that type of thing and oh man and yeah I'd put this in my top five airport strikes Ooh. of all time. All right, well I guess you're gonna have to tell us what the other. What the other four are? Well, one through four is when Dolph Lundgren front kicks a guy in the Expendables 2 off of a balcony. And then he says goodbye while doing it. So Dolph Lundgren, the master of front click kicks, does one of the best front oh, wow. kicks cool. ever in a movie. And he blasts a dude. But he says goodbye to him. So that makes me happy. I I did a data post once where I analyzed every Dolph Lundgren front kick in all of his movies. Oh wow! And and apparently that's the best uh, one. Uh, <laughs> it's great, greatest year of my life. But yeah, I I uh, yeah, I think that's it. That's one through four. I mean, there's good ones in Die Hard too. Casino Royale. They're out of the airport. But right. There's some good stuff in there. But I'm mainly a Expendables two guy when it comes to airport or fights. So I'm going to give it that. Okay. I I. I'll... I'll give you that one. That's my one through. Well, yeah, one through four, <laughs> five, five is playing strains. 
because I love a good one punch KO in movies. Like you got Bra- uh, Brad Pitt from from Snatch. He's a great one punch KO artist. JCVD, who we'll talk about later, he's good a uh, one punch KO artist. Steve, Steven Seagal yeah. made his money on destroying people and, and breaking their so, arms the wrong way. I love a good one punch. I, I always loved KO. watching Steven Steven Seagal taking someone's arm yeah. and just like <laughs> splitting it the other way. You know, that's the thing he loves doing. Oh gosh, and they they shoot the guy's leg off in what. Above the law, just yeah. completely shoots his, the dude's leg off. It's not, he likes limb hurt. Like yeah. Steven Skull loves to hurt limbs. <laughs> I would hate. Yeah. I would hate to be a henchman fighting Seagal. Who wins, Seagal or Cab Attendant? Well, obviously Seagal. I don't. I don't think. Uh, Does Cab Attendant put up a fight? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> right. So. No. So Neil then falls on the ground, and as he's falling on the ground, we hear screeching of tires, and then we see a car just come rolling down and just stop right in front. First of all, we see the car swerve around, which doesn't really make much sense. You know, we'll we'll, we'll get a little bit into that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Why is he going so and fast? Why is he going so yeah. fast, and and what is he doing there? But we'll talk about tomorrow. What is he doing there? You know that that we'll get into that afterwards, yeah. but. You know, and then we, we see a shot of him slamming on the brakes, and then we see the car stop literally in millimeters or inches, less than less than inches from from him. And he even like lifts up his hand and it it, it touches. I mean, I don't know if you noticed that the, the car actually touches his hand. You know, it, it Oh yeah, yes. it's very close. It's a good practical yeah, gag. Yeah. That's what they, I love about it. They I mean, do really so well. Close. I wonder I wonder if they did it like backwards. You know, what if that? You know, that's one of those movies where they just filmed it backwards in order oh. to to make it look that way. I don't know. Not really sure, but but oh man, even if I had one of the famous Fasserni stunt drivers like the who have a legacy of driving in movies, I wouldn't trust them to get that close to me. Yeah. I would never. <laughs> oof. Yeah, but huh? I don't. I didn't see any behind the scenes footage on this scene, yeah. so I wouldn't know. But it's good. That's a good. It's a good yeah. question to ask. It's true. Steve Martin's commitment. Well, that we know. <laughs> I mean, come on. He, he, he shook a guy's hand after he spit on his hand a few weeks ago. So he, he's very committed. So he gets his. No, so what I was oh, going to say is that the dispatcher, you know, is looking on and, and he smiles. He's like, all right, let this guy get run over. And again, all he did was make make a joke about the fact <laughs> that, that, that you know, I'll go watch you take a leak and that'll that'll be, you know, that'll be a joke. That's it. You know, he, he could have said something so much more insulting, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but you get those tough yeah, guys. That's true. You get you know you know like those tough guys who don't like hearing. I go like, oh, right. what'd you say about my manhood? That's true. that's true. Right. That's a, that triggers people, especially in the eighties. And this dude's what maybe forty five. So yeah, yeah, I I could see that anger in a a, a blue collar St. Louis. Yeah, guy. but the, I think it's a little bit too much. I don't know. <laughs> I, well, I don't think I think you got to keep the insult nice though, because if it's really withering, then Steve Martin maybe looks bad. So you got to keep it somewhat funny because he's probably not good at right. talking okay, smack true. yet. Well, this is not his character is. Yeah. Right. He couldn't. Well, say he said horrible, horrible things. He yeah. said horrible things he to, to Dell a few weeks ago. It's not as if he doesn't know how to. And and you know, and that was all. Oh, yeah, that's true. That entire scene where he is yelling at that and Adele and telling him that, you know, I'm going to, you know, here's a gun to blow your brains out. You know, that was all completely ad-libbed. 
It's not in the script. Maybe getting punched was so, good for him. Apparently. <laughs> Who knows? You can't run your mouth out to everybody. That's true. And they give some great shots of him lying on the ground. You know, like we, we see a shot from above, you know, and he like moves his hand up to his face, you know, trying to see, okay, am I still alive? You know, like feeling his face. Did did I just die? You know, what am I still doing there? And then he sees like what looks like a vision of, of Dell above him, right? And then Dell has such a great yeah. line here. He goes, what are you doing? I almost crushed your head like a melon. <laughs> now, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when – when you hear the phrase, I almost crushed your head like a melon. I guess it's just Gallagher and watermelons. Wow. That's what comes to my brain. There you go. That's what came to my brain too. So I, I did a little bit of, of, yeah. of research on Gallagher. So for anyone who's not familiar, Ooh. okay, so Leo Anthony Gallagher Jr., who was born on the 24th of July, 1946, was known uh, mononymously as Gallagher. And he was a comedian in the 70s and 80s who did a lot of prop comedy and his Biggest prop was that he would have this big sledgehammer and he would smash melons and watermelons and anything that he could find. And apparently he had a whole bunch of, of specials on HBO and Showtime and stuff like that. I mean, I found out some really interesting stuff about him. He has a degree in chemical engineering and he minored in, in English lit. <laughs> well, you, got- you know, not something that hey. you would expect. <laughs> And he was apparently, he's apparently known as one of the most popular and recognizable comedians during the 80s. Here, he did 14 specials for Showtime. And Comedy Central apparently uh, releases them all the time. He ran for governor in California in 2003 when they had the recall election. He finished 16 out of 135 candidates. So that's pretty good. He got 5,466 votes. You know, yeah, that's, that's not, not terrible. terrible, exactly, especially for a comedian to do it. So, you know, his, his as as we mentioned, oh. his, he's mostly known for his sledgematic, where he would take food and other objects and just smash them. And the final thing that he would always do to, to end the grand finale was always a watermelon. And, I mean, people would come wearing raincoats to his, to oh, his shows. That's the best. You know, it's like SeaWorld. You go to SeaWorld and you got to wear the, the raincoats <laughs> in order before the, you know, the, the killer whales are going to jump and splash, splash you. But this, this, you know, here you're going to a comedy act and you got to wear a poncho in order to, to do that. I feel like he was working stuff out on stage and getting paid for it. He's smashing things, getting his anger out and making money. Yeah. It's a good life. But I, I guess I, I saw a watermelon, but I guess it could be a musk melon. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he did. That this noise makes that that his head explodes. <laughs> I picture it more as like, uh, you know, what happens when you throw lasagna at a wall? Like that's what I picture a squished head looking Ooh, like. So. That's my visual. All right, I, I can I can I can see that. A watermelon filled with lasagna. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So apparently he was also in. <laughs> so back back to Calvin Gallagher a little bit. So. On September 29th, 1990, in one of his shows, a woman was struck in the head with a heavy plush penguin that had a fire extinguisher inside of it that, that he uses a sledgehammer on, right? She sued him for $13,000 in medical bills, $20,000 in lost wages, and punitive damages in more than $100,000. And the, the jury in the end... He got off easy. No, the jury actually sided with him. 
where it, he apparently Boy. he made a joke of it, and in the trial, he actually took himself to the stand and got more laughs than he did in some of his shows. <laughs> and the, the, there's a quote from Wait, the, so he hit a woman in the head with a fu- wow. No, I mean oh, not, sorry, on, not on purpose. Yeah. I mean, you know, he was he was smashing it with the sledgehammer, and 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 it, it you know she came to his show. So there's there's a great quote from the the judge of his trial who says. You got you to gotta hear this one. In seven years on the bench, I've seen a lot of characters, but none so theatrical. It was entertaining. It certainly wasn't boring. <laughs> wow. I, f- I feel bad for that lady. I mean, she got tagged by a fire extinguisher. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. But again, you, you know, like you go to a show, you're going to expect something to hit you. You know, it's possible that a watermelon can hurt you too, you know. Depends on, on how fast it's flying yes. and stuff like that. So in, in 2004, Comedy Central rated him the 100th best stand-up comedian of all time. And he actually got really pissed about that because he says, I looked at the other people on the list and I was trying to find anyone I've even heard of. How could I be behind people I've never heard of? I made 13 one-hour shows for Showtime. They're available on videotape. I invented the one-man show on cable and I'm only number 100. <laughs> oh yeah it's kind of a burn so, yeah did he tell jokes or did he just smash things i i don't remember i remember seeing some of his shows on 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 cable you know as a kid i do not remember and if he you know i think he did tell jokes also i believe so i don't know we have to check it out you, you got you got your homework set aside for you mark he's like what does the <laughs> what does the hammer say to the watermelon smash yeah, no, I think he did more stuff than that, but uh, I, I don't know. I have to, I have to check it out. So anyone who hasn't seen it, go. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or whatever online. Just do a quick search for Gallagher, you know, comedy sledgehammer or something like that, and you'll you'll get to see a lot of his stuff. It's great stuff. It's a lot of fun, you know. And and I, I assume that it still, you know, still stands up even after 30 years, 40 years, even. Who knows? I get- I mean, it's physical comedy. It doesn't really date itself. You just hit stuff. Like, that doesn't really... Yeah. That ages well. Yeah. It's not like Andrew Dice Clay. That's true. Andrew Dice Clay, I mean, at the time, he was hilarious. Now it's just... Now it's too offensive. Yeah. So, I mean, hitting stuff with watermelon is always going to be good. That's true. That's true. I mean, I, I actually just saw a Buster Keaton movie yesterday. So, you know, physical comedy just doesn't die out. Oh, yeah. More people yeah. need to appreciate yeah. him. Because Jackie yeah. Chan, like all these people, really love Buster Keaton. Who else? Yeah, but I don't like the way that Jackie Chan tries to. Do, I mean, Jackie Chan, the, the the way of trying to put together comedy and action just doesn't work as well. Hmm. And when you're talking about slapstick, you know, Buster Keaton, it was all slapstick. You know, I mean, yeah. in the, the movie that I saw yesterday, which which was uh, the cameraman, right? So there's a scene where he's swimming in a swimming pool and he loses his trunks and he's swimming around that he doesn't want anyone to notice. And then he, he sees like this, this large lady who's, who's, who's getting in the pool and he swims down under her and pulls off part of her bathing suit in order to use it. And it like covers his whole body. So, I mean, it's like physical comedy like that. That's just, they don't do it. They don't do it like they used to. No question about that. Some real gut busters there. Yeah, there really was. I mean, that, that movie was the first time I saw it and I was, I was on the floor rolling around a lot of the stuff they do there. Because it's just nice. great. I'll have to check it out. I've never watched The Cameraman, so that sounds yeah. fun. So 
basically then uh, Dell, <laughs> you know, Dell says that makes a comment about the the melon, and Neil is still dreaming. He thinks he's dead, and he goes Dell. And then you have the dispatcher get his next line saying, "Get that car out of here." And then Dell turns to him and says, "Yeah, just just a minute, okay?" And he goes, "Get it out of here." You know, he starts yelling at him and stuff like that. And now, now Dell is still trying to calm him down. You know, he notices that he's agitated and is doing his best to calm the guy down. So that you got to give him credit for that, even though he doesn't know anything about what happened. You know, he didn't know the, mm-hmm. about the whole conversation between him, between the dispatcher and Neil, and you know, Neil insulting him, insulting his his St. Louis pride. How, how do you? I guess you can say it that way. <laughs> right. And that's pretty much how this minute ends. So did you have anything else you want to talk about in this minute? Oh, it's just a great minute. I mean, action-packed. We get a knockout. We get some insults. We get a, we get the introduction of a classic car, which I'm sure we'll talk about yes. in the next episode. Tomorrow, tomorrow we shall talk uh, about we that. Get, we get some funky score. I mean, this, is, uh, this, this minute has it all. I mean, there's a full story told in this yeah. one minute. You know, some scenes you get, they're not really a story. But there's an actual, like, tiny little subplot of a subplot told here. So this is like a story in itself. So I, I loved covering this one. All right. So every day, uh, one of the things that we do is that we talk about the differences between the script. I mean, I I mentioned earlier that the original script of this movie was quite long. I think it was like 150 pages. And the, the, the first cut of the movie was nearly four hours. So there is discrepancies between. Mm. Sorry that I'm boring you, Mark. Uh, no, (laughs) Hey, I have a I have a five month old daughter. I'm always tired. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, but she's beautiful, I'm, and I love her. I'm, she's I'm, amazing. The yawns sure, are worth it. Sure. So there, there's just some minor discrepancies here, where in within the conversation, I mean, Neil says to the dispatcher, when the dispatcher says to him, uh, "Do you know you're in St. Louis?" So he goes, "Yes, I know I'm in St. Louis, and I want to be in Chicago." And he goes, "Do you want to take a cab to Chicago?" And then, yes, I do. I mean, one of the things I love about the way that they cut this movie is they edited it so well. Because if you look at the script, they they cut out sentences. The The conversations still flow. And then the dispatcher, the, the, the whole thing here is, is that there's more of an escalation between the conversation between the two of them. And which, which warrants more of mm. the fact that he gets punched. You know, for instance, after Neil makes his joke about that, uh, you know, if I want to joke, I'll follow you into the genre and watch you take a leak. So the, the dispatcher then says to him, listen, butthead, if I got to look at your nutty mug for more than two seconds, you're going to be looking at me upside and blurry. And then Neil responds to him, all I asked for was a cab. It is possible for a taxi to transport me to Chicago. I'd much prefer to fly or drive myself. But due to holiday traffic, those options are not available to me. Can you help me? Or are you going to stand there like a slab of meat with mittens? So they, they just cut out. That whole extra part of it, which it's not needed, but it, 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 I guess makes it more plausible that the guy's going to punch him. The way that it plays out in the, in the final cut, it's mm-hmm. too quick. You know, he pisses him off too quickly. Yeah. It's yeah. an angry dude. Yeah. You, you don't want to be married to this man. You don't want to be his children. The one who knocks out Steve Martin, the cab dispatcher. Yeah. He's an angry human being. He should be happy that he's still alive. Uh, that's true. That's true. So, I mean, and then the dispatcher turns, looks at his watch and says, time's up. You know, because he said to him before that you, you got two seconds. To, he goes, time's up. And then Neil goes, excuse me? And he goes, you're excused. And then he punches him. 
So again, not necessary. Is it needed? And the only other changes is that when Dell gets out of the car and looks at him, he says to him, if I'd had my sunglasses on, I would have run right over you. <laughs> the way that Dell is driving, there's no question that that could have happened. <laughs> no. Why? But he didn't see that from a ways away, did he? He's just driving like a maniac. He's completely driving like a maniac. He's not really a maniac, though, is he? Um, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, that's true. He could be. He could be. Maybe he's got a sledgehammer in his in his trunk. Oh, he takes it out. Maybe shatters the guy's knee like a melon. What do you mean his head? <laughs> I think he would get his knee first. Like you don't want to take the head out first because then there's no more pain. No, but you don't want the guy to run away. He wants his guy. He's gonna come back. Right. That's yeah. true. He's gonna come back a year later and get his other knee, and then he's gonna come back another year. That's true. He's just gonna ha- he's gonna be a specter looming over the cab dispatcher. All right. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. So every Monday we have a little segment called Martin Monday, where my guests will give their top five Steve Martin performances. So, Mark, why don't you go from number five to number one? Tell us your five favorite Steve Martin performances. Well, just My Blue Heaven. That's my number five. I just constantly quote. Well, like one of my favorite quotes ever is like, uh, you know, I got a lot of it in case I want to read it more than once. Like he has those books in the back of his truck or in the back of his car. Just makes me happy. <laughs> I love seeing him as a gangster. I love seeing him play that role. And just, you know, in case I want to read it more than once, like he sells it. Like he's such a good con man. And I just have quoted that so much. Like, so like, Mark, you, I was like, give me two in case I want to read it more than once or in case I want to eat it more than once. People are like, I don't, I don't know what that means, Mark. You say watch Blue. But yeah. Watch I always drop. <laughs> Yeah, I always drop a weird uh, saying from him. So that's definitely my number five because that one's just really stuck with me. I love that movie and I love his performance and he's just so shifty, but you still like him and he's so quick. Uh, Beautiful. Uh, Yeah, that's it. So Vincent Vinny uh, Antonelli, my number four is I don't think this is like the best movie. It didn't do well. Most people don't like it, but I like him as Master Sergeant Ernest G. Bilko. Because that movie was kind of like my happy place movie growing up. So if ever there was like a rough day or something rough going on, I would just put that movie on and it was always comfort food to me. Oh, wow. Like there's really nothing negative in that movie. And it's just such a positive, fun film. And I like the cast, a bunch of weirdos. I like him in that. I love his manic energy. I guess number three, uh, I'm going to get into the, 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 well, a couple of the obvious ones, but I love him in The Jerk. I mean, just, you know, the cat juggling and the, the you know the the cans and like the the blow she's gonna give me a job uh, just just seeing him in that movie pull off that character I mean people don't know how hard that is yeah. you can't there's an earnestness to him it's a it's not an easy role to pull and off. it was one of his first roles is, too and it's very good and you just yeah it's 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 I feel like a lot of movies have definitely. I mean, there were characters like that before him, but I, I think it's beautiful. Number three, number two, I mean, I really don't think this is his second best performance, but I'm just going to say it. I love him as Lucky Day and Three Amigos. I mean, you got me a sweater. Like now whenever I open something, I, I'm always like, oh, a sweater. And I always, you know, like my little buttercup. My just, little his, buttercup. Uh, has the yeah. sweetest oh smile, 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 smile. You shot the invisible. Uh, <laughs> Oh, man. And just um, his physical comedy when his arms and legs are tied up. Yeah. It never gets old. And I love the cheekiness of it. 
And I constantly am, I love Galaxy Quest, and it always reminds me of Three Amigos. <laughs> so I'm gonna say that. And the number one for me is Bowfinger, because I think Bowfinger, you know, it did well. It's fresh. I wouldn't say it's underrated, but he his performance and Eddie Murphy's performance, Eddie Murphy's dual performance in that as a uh, Kip Thorne, and then Bowfinger, the titular character, he is just such. I love his swindling. I love how he could just keep people around because he's just so smooth, but he's also really earnest. And he he seems to, like, trust his crew. And I just think it's a really – I think it's a comedic masterpiece. I don't care what people think. I love Bowfinger. I think it's one of the funniest movies I've ever watched. And I just, you know, shake his beer. Like, I, it's just so crazy and so much fun and so watchable. So I'm going to say yeah, Bowfinger right. for number one. Great. So every day we do a segment called Off the Beaten Track, where either my guest or myself will give a little short story about some adventure or misadventure that we may have had at some point along the journey of life. So, Mark, you got a got a story for us? Yeah, it was 2004, and we were going to our my brother's boot camp graduation in Texas. So. Uh, me, my mom, and my brother's girlfriend, we drove from Tallahassee to Texas and you just take 10 West. And as we took that road, it was fun. It was cool. But our, our car tire broke down on in Texas and we were on the side of the road. Uh, our spare tire did not have, um, uh, the Jack needed, like for some reason, the rental car didn't include it. Cause I was going to change the company. So this big truck comes up, you know, like four, four tires in the back, two up front, like really, uh, you know, you, you, stereotypically, this is not good. I trusted them, but it was like these people who kind of look like, you know, they were coming from the country and they're like, Hey, do you need to ride the town? And I was like, yeah, I'll jump in. And my mom like looked at him. She's like, if, if you don't come back, she's like, I got a gun in the car and I'll find you. Like <laughs> she my said mom threatened she really uh, said the people giving me wow. a ride. Yeah. Yeah. She, well, yeah. She like rode motorcycles and like, I got a tattoo cause she knew a tattoo artist and everything. But, uh, you know, she, she um, before my senior year of high school, I got that. But yeah, so then they, they, uh, I jumped in the car and everything worked out great, but I didn't even think about it. But then my mom threatened him with a gun. And as we're driving, they're like, did your mom just threaten us with a gun? Like, yeah, she threatened us with a gun. And then they helped us out. They were great. And we, I got a jack and I changed the tire and we got a new one. And we were off the, on the side of the road, like off going. But, you know, if it was a horror movie, I might've been in trouble. But I always remember my mom threatening to shoot oh, somebody wow. <laughs> who were helping us. So, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a story. story. I wow. think it's pretty funny. Very good. Thank you for that, Mark. So you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just uh, go to Movie Films of Flicks, Movie Films on FLIX. Uh, on Twitter, it's just M. Hoffmeyer or Movie Films of Flicks. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, everywhere you, everywhere you search or look for podcasts. I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm behind you right now. I'm that far all over the place. Cool. And finding me is very simple also. All you do is just a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. Or you can go to our website. So, Mark, you feel like coming back again tomorrow? Let's do it. All right. So, until tomorrow, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs>